Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, D. Smith, got everybody talking here yesterday, and I'm thrilled to say that Tony Dungy will join me with his thoughts on that today. The question today is all about fans in the stands. The list is about legendary rants. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. Nuno and the whole gang are ready. Let's go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. And the one place that we begin today is with my two least favorite words in the English language, at least as they pertain to sports, and they are load management. LeBron James and the Lakers lost an overtime game last night at home to Washington, a game in which LeBron played 43 minutes, and all the talk afterwards was about all the rest LeBron is going to need. I mean, I'm resting now. I'm sitting here talking to you guys. I'm resting when I get in my car and head home. I'm resting when I get home. I rest tomorrow. Um, you know, I think this whole narrative of, uh, you know, LeBron needs more rest or I should take more rest or I should take time here has become a lot bigger than what it actually really is. I- I've never talked about it. Um, I don't talk about it. I don't believe in it. You know, we all need more rest. I mean, this is a, a, a fast turnaround from last season, uh, and we all wish we could have more rest. But, you know, I'm here to work, and I'm here to, to, to punch my clock in and be available to my teammates. All right, let's make this Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I love that he said all of that. And one of the many things I love about LeBron James is that he doesn't load manage. LeBron James shows up and plays every night. He played 82 games his last year in Cleveland. So through all of the resting that I detest around the sport, LeBron has not been a part of that. But let's just be realistic about the circumstances for a minute. It was a 71-day turnaround from winning the championship in the bubble to starting this season. And he is playing now without Anthony Davis. He is going to be asked at the age of 36 to carry probably a disproportionate amount of the load going forward. So the question is, is it reasonable or not reasonable? to ask LeBron James to go over and above what we even already expect from him based upon the circumstances at his age. And in order to answer that question, I will tell you who would have absolutely said he needs to play. Phil Jackson. I started covering the Bulls in the early 90s. And when Michael Jordan went off to play baseball, that left Scottie Pippen as the best player on the Chicago Bulls in the 93-94 NBA season. And I have said many times, having covered that team day in and day out, Scottie Pippen should absolutely have been the MVP of the league that year. He had a magnificent season. And there was a day after a practice, the Bulls used to practice at a place called the Berto Center, in Northbrook, Illinois, northern suburbs of Chicago, and I was there every single day. And after a practice, when Scottie Pippen that season was playing out of his mind and he was guarding the other team's best player every single night, I asked Phil Jackson, is it reasonable? I don't know that I use the word reasonable, but something along the lines of, is it reasonable or are we asking too much of Scottie here to be carrying as much of the load offensively as he is and to be covering the other team's best player every single day. In all the years I covered Phil, that was the only time he ever got mad at a question I asked. Phil was not one to get mad, and largely it was because he knew he was so much smarter than you were when you asked the question that generally there was nothing you could say that would upset him. It wasn't important enough to him under any circumstances, and I say that with nothing but respect. I have always loved Phil, and I always will. But he got mad and he looked right, he looked me right in the face with sort of an angry look and he said, 
That's his job. And I've never forgotten that moment. At the end of the day, what Phil was saying to me was, you want to be Scottie Pippen? Then you're going to score all of our points and you're going to guard the other team's best player. That's your job. If you don't want to do that job, then you can be one of these other guys over here who's not going to the Hall of Fame, who's not one of the 50 greatest of all time, who's not going to be showing up at banquets and all this kind of stuff 60 years after he retires. You want to be a legend? That's what you do. And so I guess that's kind of the answer here. I don't know that there's any other option. If you're LeBron James and you're part of a dynamic duo with Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis goes down, it is your job to carry the weight until he comes back. That's his lot in life. There are a lot of great things that come from being LeBron James. It also comes with a lot of expectation and pressure. And again, I'm not, this is, if this sounds critical because I'm saying it in the tone I'm saying it, he's not talking about it. I'm talking to all the people who are telling him to load manage. That's who has me aggravated today. LeBron James is healthy. He should play. That's what basketball players do. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Now, this is about to get very confusing and maybe more complicated because I have sneaky big news. Sneaky big news. And it comes from Brian Winhorst's Hoop Collective podcast. If you like basketball, you should be listening to Wendy's podcast. It is called the Hoop Collective. And he said on his podcast the other day, That NBA players are bracing, that is the word he used to describe it, bracing for what the schedule is going to look like for the second half of the season. In talking to some teams, they are bracing themselves for the worst schedule they've ever seen. All kinds of five games and seven nights, all kinds of strange road trips. You're playing east and west in the same road trip. When that schedule comes out, wait do you hear the griping. I think there's going to be a lot of games, and, and this is going to go for every team, where you're just going to have to rest guys. Like It's not even going to be guys who have injuries. You're just going to have to you're just going to look at them and go, we've just played our second five and seven game stretch in this month and we gotta set this guy down here and there so that is what this is about to all look like and it means to me and i understand it okay in a pandemic there are always more questions than answers and i am one who is going to be very hesitant in any circumstance to seriously question the decisions that are being made by leaders in any industry particularly sports because that's my area of expertise during the pandemic So I totally get that their feeling is we got to get all these games in however we can. That was the the NFL's philosophy, right? How many times did we say it here over the course of the football season? The first priority is not fairness. It's just getting the games in. But I do think that at some point the question is worthy of raising. Is it realistic to get all these games in in the second half of the season? Is it worth it if all these guys are not going to play? If we're going to have all these compromised games, I, I, I very carefully thought about what word I would choose to use there. All these games that are being compromised because LeBron James, who doesn't want to load manage, isn't going to play his fifth game in seven days at the age of 36. And we all know how the NBA works. These guys don't play those games anyway. I wonder if someone needs to be saying, you know what? I know it's taking a loss. I know we've taken financial hits in, in, because of this pandemic last year, and we don't want to take any more if we can avoid it. But I do wonder if for the best interest of the game, in the big picture, they need to consider not playing that many games. If that's what the schedule is going to look like, and it means these guys, all the players you want to see aren't playing so many of these games, 
I wonder if in the end that juice is worth the squeeze. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I will not be critical of either way they decide to go because these are people who are making decisions I can't fathom and it's way above my head. I have my ability to understand and they're dealing, they have data in front of them that I'll never see. So I will not be critical, but I hope someone is at least raising that point. If this is going to mean half the NBA is load managing half our games, we need to consider playing fewer games. I assume that conversation has been had. All right, just getting started here. Up next, the question of the day. The green list is about rants, and don't miss Tony Dungy as we roll on. My name is Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny. The podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest, like Tony Dungy, a little over an hour from now on the Goodyear Hotline. He'll react to some of the things that D. Smith said on this program yesterday that certainly got a lot of attention. Meantime, meanwhile, today's question of the day is 30 seconds away. I'll spend those 30 seconds on some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199, plus get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune in to Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right, the question of the day got a lot of uh, reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how many people jumped on this when I put it up on Twitter yesterday. And you should be following me on Twitter at ESPN Greeny to get involved in these conversations. And it's a pretty simple one. And it, 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 it arose from a conversation that we were having amongst the staff after the show yesterday. Because all of us here, if you're with me here today, it's because you love sports. I love sports. You love sports. That's why we're having this conversation in the first place. And yes, if you're a sports fan, maybe you tend to go to some games, but we spend most of our time with sports watching it on television, watching these games on TV. And the question of the day is, when you watch sporting events on TV, do you miss the fans in attendance? I put the question up on Twitter, at ESPN Greeny, and the voting is still open. I have 24,979 votes, which, as an aside, is a very unsatisfying thing. I need 21 more people to vote, please. It would just be delightful to have 25,000 votes. Well, on my Twitter feed, it says you have 25,004 votes. Oh, so maybe I should update this. If I refresh this, let me see. Um, yes, I do. I have over 25,000 votes. Wonderful. Friend. Well, you can vote either way. Mm. 75% say yes. 75% of the people who've responded on my Twitter page say yes. I miss the fans in attendance when I'm watching sports on TV. 
I want to get everyone's opinion here. And I thought of this because I heard Dr. Anthony Fauci on Buster's podcast talking about the chances. And he said he thinks it's very likely that we will have full baseball stadiums by the end of the season. 75% chance that we will have that by the end of the season. I saw another story about how they will have fans in reasonable numbers at the NCAA tournament, which is just a month away in Indianapolis. I know here in New York where we live, the, the, the Garden, they're going to start having fans at these Nick games now, which we have not seen since the beginning of all this. So slowly but surely, they're working their way back in. And it is noticeable as you watch these games every once in a while, you hear the fans and you think, ooh, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> it kind of jumps off the page at you. It's sort of like when a refrigerator stops humming. You didn't really notice that it was humming, and then all of a sudden it stops humming, and you say, wow, I haven't heard that in a while. So I got hashtag Hembo, hashtag Bubba, and hashtag Nuno here today. Let me go around the horn. As you watch these sports, Hembo, yes or no, do you miss the fans in attendance? Very much so. To me, it was most noticeable in college football, actually. I very much missed fans in college football games. Okay, I'll buy that. And college football, the pageantry, the enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about college football, am I... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that it felt to me like there were some people at some of these games. Yeah, there were some at some, but we're so used to that th- th- those natural sounds being the, the soundtrack, like the, like the music in a horror movie. It's vital when you're watching a college football Fair game. Fair enough. He says college football. Hashtag Bubba. Have you missed the fans being in attendance? Yeah, I mean, I guess my, I answered yes. In a vacuum, the answer is yes. Obviously, I would prefer fans, but like at no point was I ever like, well, I'm not going to watch this game because there's no fans. Understood. So, but not only not watch it, but did, it, did you feel it impacted your enjoyment of the experience in any real way know, watching not, on TV? A little bit. It's a little weirder for sure, but I, at this point, I almost kind of got used to it, you know? So, right. I, I mean, but in the end, in a vac- like I said, in a vacuum, yes, I definitely prefer the fans. Like, there's obviously something great to having the 50,000 fans there and, you know, watching the baseball games, having the fans there. So, I, you know, yes, the answer is yes, but I'm just kind of at this point, you know, a full year just kind of used to just the random sights and sounds of just the, the sneakers and the bats and just the, the players talking. I'm just kind of used to it now, and it doesn't even bother me. Hashtag Nuno, you were the one who started this conversation for me. I know you missed them. You missed them in the NBA? I think in the NBA, but I specifically, for me, the moment was Carolina Duke uh, a couple weeks ago and Cameron. Yeah. Yes, the teams aren't great, but they were. that's when I really noticed, hey, you're missing the atmosphere. And I, and I think it's more of a basketball thing versus football. Because you know what? Football, we're used to uh, preseason games as bad as they you know i stink we watch that we don't watch preseason basketball when there's no fans right so i think that's where it's missing i'll tell you where i've missed it the most i miss it the most in golf now you guys may not watch as much golf as i do frankly no one may watch as much (laughs) golf as i do but golf is the one sport where there is total silence you will see a guy hit an unbelievable shot there have been guys who've made holes in one and there's no reaction and unlike in football, in basketball, and in any other sport that I can think of, they can pipe in noise. You can manufacture something that makes noise. The utter silence in golf is jarring. But here's what I'm going to say. You tell me if this is a bad thing to say. I don't mean it disrespectfully, and that's been me most of my life. I don't really miss it. I don't feel like it really makes any difference. Like, once the game starts and it gets going, why are you looking at me that because way, that, that is an outrageous opinion. Watching sports on television, the fans, the noise, that stuff is so important. That's, um, that, that is an impossible opinion. To I'm defend. going to tell you, I don't agree. 
Like, I sit there and I watch these football games all season long. Stevie and I sit next to each other. We are way into it because we've got all between DraftKings and everything else. I'm very focused on what's going on on there. And at no point, literally at no point during the NFL season did I think to myself, boy, I miss the fans at this game. Literally not once. Wow. I can't be alone. Well, I got 25% of the vote on my side on this on Twitter. And I don't, I don't, this is not a value judgment. Fans obviously are part of the ambiance, and all I've ever been is a fan. I've gone to these games all of my life, but it really doesn't, even in the golf. Like, I get over, like, wow, that's odd that it's silent. And in some ways, I kind of prefer it. Not having any idiots yelling, get in the hole when guys hit shots. <laughs> I kind of like that better, to be honest with you. There's something less unruly about the whole thing. Maybe it's my less OCD. unruly? Yes. There's an unruly nature. To just all these, you can't really control the 50,000 people who were there. I like a little bit of control <laughs> over the circumstances. So anyway, that's just me. So that's the question of the day. Do you miss the fans at these sporting events? Obviously, the people who run these sports miss them like crazy because there's enormous financial ramifications to all of this. I'm not in any way suggesting that we're not going to go back to full capacity the minute that we can. But I just wonder, if you're like me, like, I feel like I've barely even noticed. Most of the television ratings have dipped in part because of this, in my opinion. The environment matters to, to, to the watching experience. You know where that hasn't dipped at all? Where? My house. <laughs> my house, we watch just as much sports. Maybe more. <laughs> Maybe more than ever before. Well, that's because you have nothing else to do. There's right nothing now. else to do. Right. I'm sitting there. Do you want to hear how bored I am? I went down a YouTube rabbit hole yesterday to where I was watching impersonators on the Johnny Carson show in the 70s because like one YouTube led to another YouTube led to another YouTube. I was too bored to even bother changing what they were putting up on my screen. So I started with watching something funny from Caliendo and the next thing you know, I'm watching a guy who like made one appearance on the Johnny Carson show (laughs) in 1974 imitating someone I didn't even know. And I had nothing better to do than watch that. But anyway, the point I'm making here is that I'm watching the sports and I don't even notice the fans aren't. I really don't. So if you're like me, maybe you don't. We should take calls on this later. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm taking some calls on this a little bit later. If you're like me, you don't even notice the fans not being in attendance. Let's see if anyone is on my side. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. All right, here's the scoop. The scoop. Today is the day that franchise tags begin to be handed out in the National Football League, and there are a lot of really interesting places to be watching Many of them are wide receivers. Will Detroit tag Kenny Galladay? Will the Buccaneers tag Chris Godwin? Will the Bears tag Allen Robinson? These are all players that other teams have their eyes on, and thus other fans have their eyes on. So those are all worth watching. But you add them all together, and they're not nearly as important as what is going on in Dallas. We have been waiting for resolution on this story for two years. Today is the day we finally begin to get some resolution on this situation. Will the Cowboys slap the franchise tag on Dak Prescott again? And what does it mean if they do? Clearly, if they do not wind up working out some sort of long-term deal by March 9th, they will tag Dak. The alternative is him becoming an unrestricted free agent, and he leaves for next to nothing. So that's not on the list of options. But if they don't have a deal done by March 9th, here's the scoop. I had Ed Werder 
on Get Up this morning, and here's what he told me. I think it would be negligence on the part of Jerry Jones and the Cowboys front office if on March 9th they don't have a sense that they're going to be able to get this deal done long-term with Dak Prescott. Even if they franchise tag him, I think they have to consider drafting a quarterback with the 10th overall pick. That's the highest pick they've had since 2016. Uh, With quarterbacks available in this draft and continuing uncertainty about Dak Prescott's long-term commitment, I think they would have to consider drafting a quarterback. Wow. I hadn't heard anyone say that before. And frankly, it's insane. Not him saying it. But the fact that the Cowboys have put themselves in this position to where if they don't get a deal done, they're going to draft a quarterback, the team that needs everything, that last year drafted a receiver in the first round because they had themselves convinced they were a championship team and then finished and then never really even threatened to win the worst division you've ever seen in your life, despite what the record suggested at the end, all of a sudden is going to draft a quarterback. And here's... The way I view this. Okay, gather round. Gather round. I'm going to explain to you what I think has to be going on here. Because you say, how did they let themselves get to this place? There's no they. This is Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones runs everything. And let me tell you something right now. The biggest mistake any sports fan makes is underestimating the genius that is required to become that guy. You can hate Jerry Jones all you want. And you can think he has mismanaged this situation, which I happen to think myself as well. And you can think his ego is so great that it has overrun his ability to run a franchise and that he shouldn't be the GM. All those things can be true. But here's what cannot then be assumed from it. If A, then B, or whatever it is. If A plus B, then C. Whatever that that theorem is. Do not assume Jerry Jones is anything but brilliant. Jerry Jones is a self-made billionaire. You don't get to be that way without being super smart. So to me, there can be only one explanation for this. The fact that they don't have a deal with Dak Prescott and that what seems to have held it up in the words of every reporter in the industry has been little tiny things like years. The fact that Jerry Jones has allowed this to get to this place over a dispute between whether it would be a four-year deal or a five-year deal can mean only one thing. And that is that he is willing to walk away from the table without Dak Prescott. I don't know much about negotiations, and I certainly don't know nearly as much as Jerry Jones does. But I know of a bunch of people. I live in a place where absolutely everyone but me works on Wall Street. And I hear this from these guys all the time. There comes a point in negotiation where you either make the deal or you don't. And that point has come and gone. And Jerry keeps not making it. And that tells me he's okay walking away without it. There's no other solution. The only other explanation for this is that he doesn't have any idea what he's doing. And I refuse to believe that. Because you don't get to beat Jerry Jones by having no idea what you're doing in a negotiation. That's not on the list of options. We sometimes underestimate the brilliance of people. That's, it's, a, it's a common mistake people make. We underestimate those who may be our adversary, those who may be someone that we have to work with, or anything. Just people. Now, one of the problems we have in pro sports today is that the value of franchises has escalated so astronomically in so many different ways in practically every sport that no one ever sells these teams. So you have fewer and fewer self-made billionaires as owners. But don't underestimate a self-made billionaire. 
The only reasonable explanation to what has gone on in Dallas is that Jerry Jones is okay with the worst-case scenario. It's the only reasonable explanation. He's okay with losing Dak. And that says to me, Dak's departure is a real possibility. I don't think it's likely that Dak plays this season on a second franchise tag. It's ludicrous. It would be too stupid to do. If that does wind up happening, then maybe I am wrong and you're right. Because letting him play on a second franchise tag, spending all of that guaranteed money against this year's cap, and then allowing him to become an unrestricted free agent next year is senseless. It makes no sense. You can't be allowed. You have an asset that is too valuable to allow it to walk out your door and get nothing in return. So I have to believe he's okay with the direction this thing is going to go. And that direction is going to be trading him. There's no way in the world that direction is going to be him walking out the door and leaving absolutely nothing behind. That would make no sense whatsoever. So that is, in my opinion, what we should be keeping an eye on. Watch them seriously consider trading Dak Prescott if they don't get a deal done. And you know what? That might be in his best interest. It might be the best thing that could happen to Dak. Not sure 100% why. Not. Not not so terrible to get traded from there. Someone wants you. Someone pays you all the money you want. Maybe everybody wins. You walk away shaking hands. And for whatever it's worth, it has just been made evident to me that Jerry Jones does not need him, or at least doesn't think he needs him. Because Jerry Jones is a person who knows how to get what he needs. He's used to getting what he wants. I think he wants Dak Prescott. I don't think he thinks he needs him. I'm Greeny. If you miss anything on the program, you can at any time listen to us as a podcast. We can hang out whenever works for you. Shows two hours long every single day, coast to coast on the radio, and then it becomes two one-hour podcasts. You can check in literally any time you want. All right, let's have some fun. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Cam Newton said the most interesting thing I've ever heard a person say in my entire life <laughs> on his podcast. When he said of Bill Belichick, and I quote, I think Bill is the most misunderstood person in all of sports. He is dope as blank. I can't say the last word, but you can imagine what it is. It starts with the letter S. And that led me to ask a bunch of people on television today, including Louis Riddick, who played for Bill Belichick, and Mike Tannenbaum, who worked for Bill Belichick and has saunaed mm. with him. They have saunaed together. Verb? I'm using that as a verb. Mm. They have shared a sauna. Just how dope is Bill? Is Bill dope? Does he have dopeness? It's an interesting question. I can give you a little glimpse into the answer. I've been around Bill only a tiny little bit. And I've always held Bill in a degree of awe. There's something about him that has always made me a little bit intimidated. He's a little bit intimidating, which is interesting because he's not very big. And he's like a lot of football coaches are these big, strong, scary looking people. Bill is the opposite of that. But there's something very intimidating about him. And if you've watched him for 10 minutes, you can probably understand why. But I did witness once an act that I would describe as dope Mm. from Bill Belichick. And I thought I would tell you that story. So we're going back an awful long way. It's when Charlie Weiss was the football coach at Notre Dame. So at some point while Charlie was coaching Notre Dame, Charlie has a wonderful charity called Hannah and Friends. And he invited Mike and I to emcee his huge gala at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, which is one of the most famous and beautiful hotels in the world. 
And so Mike and I are the MCs of this. And it was a beautiful event. We brought our wives, and it was a, it was a very special night. And Weiss, who, as you probably know, Charlie was Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator. They won three Super Bowls together. So Bill is there. And the entertainment for the night, at the end of the night, those guys are also very close to John Bon Jovi. So the night consists of a lot of fundraising. Mike and I are up there. We're doing auctions, and we're introducing this and that and the other and speeches and whatever else it is. And the last responsibility we had in the night was introducing John Bon Jovi, who got up on stage and played with a scaled-down version of his band for about a half hour. So we've gone through the night. We've done a great job. I sit down at the table. Stace is there. There's a bunch of people. And I never allow myself to have a single drink until my responsibilities were. I'm ever speaking publicly. I don't touch anything. But now I can sit down. I can have a couple of drinks. And I can relax and enjoy watching John Bon Jovi. So Bon Jovi and his band, they play um, Who Says You Can't Go Home. They play Living on a Prayer. They play um, a couple of, other, of his other songs. And then he begins the very recognizable guitar open to the song, um, uh, 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 what is it? Dead or Alive? Dead or Alive. Wanted Dead or Alive. The very, very, you know, you know it the second you hear it. So he starts playing that and everyone gathers around and everyone is cheering and yelling. And then he just stops just stops and he says into the microphone i will give twenty thousand dollars right now to hannah and friends if charlie and belichick come up here and sing this song (laughs) so of course belichick is sitting at the table adjacent to mine he gets up he takes off his jacket he's got the suit on takes the jacket off throws the jacket down on the chair and goes up there and he is singing this song and to my everlasting delight and you can find this on youtube to my everlasting delight Charlie Weiss and Bill Belichick sang Wanted, Dead, or Alive with Bon Jovi on that stage. And it is one of those moments I will not forget as long as I live. And it's a long time ago now. That's, it's more, I, I think it's more than 10 years ago. You know what exactly it was? I can tell you exactly what it was. What was the night in the Big East tournament where there was a six-overtime game? There was a six-overtime game. Syracuse-UConn, right? syracuse It was that night. That game was going on while we were there, and we didn't know it because we were drunk in the, in the downstairs in the ballroom at the Waldorf listening to John Bon Jovi. But that was that night, so you could look up the date. 2009. March 2009. 12, 2009. This is when it happened. But anyway, the point of it is, Belichick got up there and sang that song, and I saw just a little glimmer, a little glimmer of what it is people always say we never get to see in Belichick. And so I will confirm what Cam Newton says. Bill Belichick is dope. Coming up next, the green list is going to make your day. I promise. The list is next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you as you roll along. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. All right, every single day, our signature event is the green list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The green list. That is increasingly true. And so we try very hard to tie these lists to an event of the day or something that seems relevant. And so today is the 36th anniversary of a day that will live in infamy. (laughs) Bob Knight, legendarily while the coach at Indiana, throwing a chair across the basketball court in frustration. If you've never seen it, well, if you've seen it, you'll never forget it. It is obviously one of the most famous little moments of video that we've ever seen in sports, and it happened 36 years ago today, and it got us to thinking about today's green list. The five greatest sports rants. That we've ever had, and they are each of them legendary. Number five. Number five is Jim Mora. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> I don't really know how to quantify that because just the way he says it is so strange. Like playoffs? Like like that's not how he talks. No. It just comes out. <laughs> What's that? Uh, playoffs. Playoffs. And we did, I was working at ESPN when that happened, and we tried very hard. It was November 25th of 2001. We all tried to imitate it for a sports center piece one time with limited success. Uh, <laughs> but it was it, it's just hilarious, and it is a legendary rant. Number four. At number four is uh, the late, great Dennis Green. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. <laughs> now, if you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Uh, I love Denny Green. I loved him. I regret that I never fished with Denny Green. When he worked at ESPN, he kept talking about taking me fishing a week. It's one of those things that we sort of set aside that we would do someday, and we never got to do it. But when he was the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, he legendary lost a game to the then-undefeated Bears who would actually go on to the Super Bowl that year. And Denny Green said, they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Number three. Can't have this without Mike Ditka. I got my start in this business in Chicago. Mike Ditka was the coach of the Bears the first year I covered them. He was epic. But it was in New Orleans, actually, where he entertained reporters with this exchange. Doesn't matter which one run. There'll be a quarterback that'll be named next week that'll be the starter. There's three quarterbacks on this football team. Whichever one starts, starts. Whichever ones don't, we'll back him up. Period. Cut and dried. It's nobody's concern but ours. Nobody's. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Okay. If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. What next? Well, I love that. Why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? <laughs> Ditka was so epic when I covered him in Chicago. And I'm a kid. Part of that is that I'm a kid. I was so young. And I'm going to these press conferences. Mike Ditka would talk on Wednesdays at Hallis Hall. And honestly, 
I was getting paid very little, but I was getting paid <laughs> to be there doing that. I, I got paid 20 bucks a day in those days to go cover those wow. press conferences. I'm telling you right now, if they had charged admission, I would have gone. You would have paid $20. I would have paid $20 easily. <laughs> I didn't even have $20, but I would have paid it in order to get to sit in the room and watch Mike Ditka just be Mike Ditka. He was so entertaining. Number two. But now we are in rarefied air. These are probably the two most famous of all time. I really agonized over which way to go, number two and number one. My beloved friend Herman is number two. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Oh, I mean, that was so great. October 30th of 2002. One of the most famous phrases ever spoken in sports. And it worked. That team turned it around and wound up winning a division. But Herman Edwards famously said, you play to win the game. That is number two on the list of the greatest rants we've ever heard. Number one. I assume by now you can already guess what is going to be number one. Alan Iverson. We in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. So that took place. Uh, in the middle of Sports Center, It was May 7th of 2002. It took place late in the afternoon slash early evening. And this was at a time when I was anchoring that evening Sports Center pretty regularly. I think normally in those days, I was either anchoring with Scott Van Pelt or Trey Wingo. It went, went back and forth over the years. But that night, if I, if I remember this part of it correctly, I was working with Chris McHendry. For the purposes of the story, it doesn't really matter. I was the one who tossed to that. I was like, that was a big controversy. Iverson, they were, Larry Brown was giving him a hard time about not practicing and all that kind of stuff, not showing up hard at practice. And so, oh, Alan Iverson is addressing the media. And on SportsCenter, we take you there live. And that thing had to go on, had to go on for 15 minutes. I mean, it went on for a very long time. And the expletives were flying. But you couldn't cut out of it because it was so extraordinary. So I hold the, the, the unique distinction of being the one who apologized for the language after the Allen Iverson practice rant. Bob, but we could lose the music. That's our top five today. That's our green list of the five greatest rants. And there were so many more that we could have chosen from. I mean, I, I have others here, actually. Nuno did a good job putting some of these together. And there are some others that remain very famous. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Attacking an amateur athlete for doing everything right. And then you want to write articles about guys that don't do things right. And downgrade them, the ones that do make plays. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. He's a man. He's 40. That is epic. They are a lot of fun. And when the coaches start to lose their minds, notice it's almost always the coaches. In that case, it was all coaches except for Iverson. All right. Lots to do as we continue here, including our question of the day and your chance to weigh in on it. We'll be taking some phone calls in our next hour. And Tony Dungy will join me to react to what D. Smith said here yesterday. All that and more in our next hour on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.